Bros Podcast. What you are about to hear is Tony Salinas, the other fisherman on the boat, read his affidavit that is provided from the Texas Rangers. On September 15, 2001, Roland Moya, Robert Espericueta, Libra Moya, and I, Tony Salinas, were in Robert's fishing boat, and we were fishing just north of the causeway in the Laguna Mare. I was about, it was about 1.30 to 1.45 when I heard a loud rumble. It sounded like thunder. Robert was operating the boat. I saw a car go down into the water. And through there was some sort of accident. We headed towards where the car hit the water when we saw another car, another car, another car, and then another car. What seemed to be a section of cars that hit the water, we did what anyone would do and headed the way, that way towards the cars that hit the water. Robert took some flares out and Roland called 911 on his cell phone. We were all waving spotlights and trying to get driver's attention to stop so they wouldn't fall into the bridge. We finally get one man's attention and he stopped. There was no one else to help us, no one else in sight, only us. We went to try and rescue anyone who was in need of help. We started shouting and trying to hear if anybody was out there. The person we heard was a female's voice. When we got to her, when we got her into the boat, by herself, apparently she didn't seem, she was unharmed. She was an Anglo female, mid-twenties, with a skinny build. We yelled out again and heard two men's voices. The first one was a man who had a large wound to his head. We got up beside him. When we tried to get him into the boat, he screamed a girl's name. He said she was his girlfriend and that he wanted to get her. Either Roland or Robert kept a hold of him besides the boat. The other, verses, the other voices heard was an older man, and I helped him inside the boat. We couldn't get Renee into the boat because he said he, ha- he said his back was injured. About this time, we turned into the direction of the vo- woman's voice yelling for help. She went under the water and came back, only to disappear under the water. The Coast Guard arrived, and instead of asking what they could do, they asked if they could, if we had a lighter so they could light a cigarette. When we told them we were, there were other victims, they told us to go through the scene where the cars were in the water. The woman we had picked up and the older man got into the Coast Guard boat, and we were told to get back into our boat. One of the Coast Guard employees, the name of Chris, did get on our boat and was very professional and helped. We took, we took Chris and our passengers, including Renee, who were still being held onto the side of the boat to the island's emergency site. Again, our passengers were offloaded by personnel and reloaded. Well, I can't see that little hole. But unloaded again because of the of something about us not being an emergency transfer unit. We left the island talking to Chris. His, his boat was still at the scene. Chris got back into his boat 
and another man gets into our boat, and it was a, an official of some sort. We then picked up the scuba divers and returned to the site. It was complete chaos. One of the boats with the Border Patrol agents almost ran over one of the divers. <clears throat> one of the divers went into the water, and upon returning to the boat, there was a man in a pickup that submerged under the water. The drivers needed oxygen to be able to remain underwater, so we took them to Port Isabel side. At this point, we were told we were no longer needed. The lights on the bridge from Port Isabel side past the high point where were not working at the time of the accident. Not even the beacon under the bridge was working. This is true and correct statement to the best of my knowledge and memory. So this is from the Texas Rangers. Correct. How does it make you feel reading this? It just brings back a bunch of memories. Um, you know, it kind of like it happened yesterday. You know, I hadn't brought this up you know, really to nobody. And um, us guys didn't talk about it, you know, because we were all there at the same time. We all knew what happened. It was just chaotic and, you know, something I'd do again if I had to. All right, guys. So Tony right here, he was the other fisherman on the boat. Um, we just wanted to share this because these are, we've been looking for these affidavits for quite a while. And, and huge shout out to Celeste for helping us find this stuff. And you're going to watch on the next episode where we all have a conversation about that night. And uh, we hope you all can, can come along the journey with us because we are trying to tell the true story of the Queen Isabella Causeway collapse. Yeah, God bridges, yeah. we closest. saw Gustavo and I will never forget. It looked like Freddy Krueger had like ripped his shirt to shreds. Like mm -hmm. it was all just like ripped up and whatnot. Still and, on him, but just shredded. Yeah, like. I don't know, I guess like with the glass or something, I, I, we don't know, but but I, that's when I threw the life jacket to him and he, I said, you're all right. So we were, we were going after Bridget and then she went back under the water and we were like, man, we lost her, you know, maybe it's the scary, current. Well, she went down there to get her purse and then swam back up and we were like, okay, you know, whatever. So I went back to get my purse and I was like, what? Wow. And uh, later on, we come to find out that her dad had bought her that truck and he bought it with manual windows and explained to her, if anything ever happens, you can roll your window down. Wow. Yeah. So we, we picked her up and then we saw, um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Rene. Rene. Rene Mata. Yeah. And when we picked him up, it was like, oh, he had a gash from his eyebrow all the way to the back of his ear like like it opened like you can see the brain it was horrible i took my shirt off and and i put it over the the um the the you know the damaged part of his head and he was just bleeding and bleeding i know i know the three guys were trying to get him to the front of the bow and i'm like dude you are gonna pick him up he's dead weight so come to the side come to the side and we we all managed to to kind of scoot him over and then and then we got him on the boat and he was like my girlfriend my girlfriend and we're like well, we're, we're looking for people we're looking for people and then we got gustavo onto the boat and he was so worried he's like i need to call my wife i need to call my wife do you have a cell phone and we're like yes 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 so we'll, we'll get it for you right now we're looking for people 
I don't know who handed him the phone, me, somebody else, but he was talking to, the, to her and saying that he had just fallen off the bridge and that he's alive and that how are the kids doing and whatnot. And I'm like, hey, man, you need to just, you know, relax. And he's like, ahorita te hablo. And, and, you know, he hung up with her. And, and we kept looking and searching, and, and those were the only three people. Matter of fact, um, going back to where the water was spewing out, do you remember that car that, that landed on the bridge? Sure. That person was still alive in the car. Gaspar Hinojosa. Yeah, we, we actually spoke to his son. Oh, okay. Yeah, we could not get to him. I mean, there was absolutely no way because those pilings are so tall. I mean, we just, I mean, it was sad to know that somebody was in it. Did you ever? Let me, yeah, let me ask you. Did you hear him yelling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was yelling for help, and 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 we were talking to him, and like you know, yelling back and forth. But there was absolutely—I mean, we the the piling was so tall because they're square at at that point of at the base. At, yeah, at the base they're square, but we couldn't even—I mean, they're they were way taller than the boat. Like we couldn't even stand on it to wow. to try to get to him, you know. And even if we would have gotten to him, we didn't know what kind of you know, position he was going to be in. You know, I'm sure, you know, hitting something at that speed, I mean, you're probably not going to have any legs, you know. I mean, you know, with the impact so hard. He was, he was hurt severely. He he uh, passed away on the way to the hospital after being there. Yeah, J.P. Montoya, was the EM, he was working EMS that night. He's also a firefighter. He told me uh, we met, and he said it, that I can share this information, that his left leg was pinned under, so he had to pull it out. His right leg was also pinned, but it wasn't as pinned as much under the car. Uh -huh. But he had to yank his leg out, and he, he broke his leg, his left leg, Whoa. to pull it out. So it was quite the spectacle uh, for him to experience. Let me ask you this other part, because this is another, another I think, uh, a little detail did you see lights on in the water of, of the cars that were underwater? 